Hey theaters, it's Taya. And I'm Sam. Welcome to the Swampcast. We hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for coming. Like and subscribe if you get a chance, and let's hop in the video. Now the most monstrous creation of all, the return of turn of turn of turn. Perfect. I am the greatest alive. Yeah. I am the greatest alive. Yeah. I am the greatest alive. Yeah. Uh, thank you everybody for coming this week to the Swampcast. We're here with Jason from Huddle Up. We're going to be talking a little bit about mental health and him sharing his story for the school as we have a big meeting coming up within the school that I'm sure many students are looking forward to. Jason, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, uh, coping, coping. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So recently we had the opportunity to meet with you, Jason, and he told us about why you started Huddle Up. Would you like to share your story to our listeners and kind of why you decided to start Huddle Up? Yeah, sure. I'll give you Cole's notes version because, uh, <laughs> I'll spoil the assembly if I if I give you a little too much, right? Um, but uh, I started because I experienced bullying myself in high school. Um, and so when I started it back then, I started it because um, I'd gotten a job with the Argonauts. Years went by. And when I reflected back on, you know, my life, I'd realized that I'd gone through bullying. And it was something that had scarred me. And I wanted people to have the opportunity of not having to go through it. Like it, it's better if we fix it before it happens than to think of fixing it later, right? It's prevention. And that's what this whole thing was about. And I started it when I got a job with the Argonauts. So I, I started as a ball boy with the team, grew up with the team until I moved into the office. Once I was in the office, that's when I had the inspiration to start a community program. And that's when I started this program. So it's in its 20th year. This is a celebratory year for us, 20 years. Um, even though we're virtual, it's still going to be a, a fantastic presentation. Um, I know I already spoke with some of the athletes and they're they're really looking forward to it. And a lot of them have a lot of stories that it's it's unbelievable that they go through it. And, and they're from the GTA. So it's not like they're far removed from, from many of us. Yeah. Well, I know that I know many people that you wouldn't expect to have heard from that say they've uh, been bullied or affected by it in some way, whether it was them or a sibling um, or just even someone that they're close friends with that just from the time that we've had it in our school and the opportunity we've been given to be able to use the program to give our uh, students just a voice to be heard within the school. And it's had a really big impact. Good stuff. That makes me really happy in this, in a sense that when I do this program for me, it's yeah, I can go around, I can share my story, but if nobody does anything with us sharing our stories, then there's no point. What I always say, and I say this all the time is I don't want people to feel sorry for what happened to me. I want them to take what happened to me or what they take from other people's learned experiences and fix what's wrong. I was bullied because of my size, right? And some people are bullied for so many reasons, um, whether it's racism, it's discrimination, it's religion, whatever the case may be, we need we need to address it. We need to address it before it really gets too much. And before we're sitting there watching it on TV and saying, ah, oh, that's horrible what just happened. Well, if we can do something about it, we don't have to keep looking at it and saying, I wish we did something about it. Now we can. Yeah. And I feel like because Huddle Up is kind of more of like a local thing, everyone knows MLSE. Everyone knows the rappers and the Leafs. Yeah. And I feel like people can maybe connect to it more or feel like they want to do something more because they know of it. It's a different feeling from just seeing a random person on the TV that you don't know about. You have to look at it as, 
Yeah, we're, we're sports teams. You know, the Leafs, the Raptors, the Argonauts, uh, Toronto FC, they're all professional athletes in a locker room, but it's about inclusion. It's about acceptance. It, and what they go through every day, it's not much different than what you might go through or what somebody in an office goes through. It's, it's a work environment. It's an environment where you don't have to be best of friends with everybody in your school. That's unrealistic, right? We don't expect everybody on that team to be best of friends, but they get along. And you, you have almost that, that expectation that you can speak freely and not have somebody shoot you down for what you said. Based on the feedback you've received from schools, because I, I remember you saying you've obviously heard a lot of good stories from schools about things people have started doing that's really made a positive impact. Has there been one specific thing that's kind of stood out to you that uh, Huddle Up has had on schools? Um, it's so many, because 20 years of history, there's so many different things I've heard of, but I've received letters from people we've helped, um, you know, people who have been bullied and some letters are just like one person actually said that they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Huddle Up sending the message because then they realized they weren't alone. Um, those kind of things really stick with you. But then the positive measures of people who aren't being bullied. An elementary school, I, a parent wrote to the school to talk about her son who went in the middle of his hockey locker room and broke up some guys, uh, you know, picking on someone else on his team, right? And they always did it every day. And he stepped in the middle and said, guys, like, come on, we're a team here and everything. And she said, you know, she asked him, like, what what really made you do that? She said, He said, it's like a team thing with the Argos when they came to talk to us. That's what I wanted to show is that it's not worth it. And, you know, that's where you see individuals and then groups like like yourselves, where you start different things to talk about it, even just talking about it is a, is a step in the right direction, right? Conversation about it. That's a step in the right direction. If we sit there and we hide under a rock and pretend it's not there, it's, you're never going to address a problem. It's going to be really bad, right? We've heard so many stories of positive measures that these schools are doing. And, you know, every time we hear something, I mean, believe me, if I get a letter, I don't just keep it to myself. I show the players. It's, it's like, uh, if I should say it this way, and this is, it's like a, a virus of positivity, right? right? <laughs> we want to spread that. We want to spread that. We don't care if we catch it. We want to spread that. And that is what I'd like to see happen. So, absolutely. you know, we'll turn the news on sometimes and we'll hear about a bullying incident or we'll hear about something on, on uh, social media, you know, somebody getting bullied and, and we'll read about it and it'll really hit us, right? It'll hit us. And at one point, it'll hit us so bad, we'll be like, you know, is this, are we wasting our time? Is this like, but then you'll have the positive things that will tell you, no, don't, you know, don't give up. Right. And that's what we need to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So knowing that Huddle Up is all about being a leader and helping others and knowing this month is all about mental health. Yes. How important is a good team captain in keeping your teammates mental health in check? Like during a rough part of the season or like a rough part of the game? The big thing about mental health is everybody's different. So especially on a team, you're going to have different ways people deal with things, right? Uh, let me give you an example. Um, there was a bad injury on the field. I mean, I was, uh, on, I was an equipment guy on the sideline. We actually had therapists come in to talk to us because it affected everybody's well-being. Um, after seeing an injury like we saw, these guys have to go play again. And they see this injury that was probably career ending for this teammate of theirs. They needed to have that, that talk, you know, somebody talk to them. Well, a captain or a leader on a team is that person too, that 
once in a while can turn to somebody and say, how are you feeling today? Right. And it's something as simple as that. And, and that's what I always encourage people is when you ask somebody, how are you doing today? Wait for that answer. Because a lot of people say, how are you doing today? And you expect to hear good. Right. And you walk on. Right. And you keep going. But sometimes you'll get this response where it's like, yeah, I'm all right. And, you know, deep down, they're not OK. But you almost say, ah, you know, I really don't have the time to listen to it today. And take the time you ask. Take the time. They might need that listening ear. Right. And And that's. That's what I always say, like our captains and our teammates, you know, they'll ask you and then, and then they'll wait for that answer. When they get that answer, then they realize it's like yeah, that person needs some help. And it's important. Mental health is, is so important for everybody, especially with what we're going through right now. Absolutely. Well, I know a lot of people that are I'm friends with that when it comes to school and it comes to everybody being stuck inside their house, you start to get cabin fever and yeah. when it comes to you feeling bogged down like that it can affect like so much from your schooling to little things like you not wanting to do little hobbies that you typically enjoy or you not wanting to work out or you don't want to do things that you just typically love to do so it's something right. that when you're able to connect with each other and finding ways to do it and just listen to each other it helps people so much it's something it. so easy to do it's so important that you say that because we're social animals right we're social beings i mean we need to socialize right we're not we're not put here to lock ourselves in a room for 100 years from birth to till we leave right that's not what we're about we're about socializing right and that's what it is school is is important for education absolutely important for education right we're always learning because look i'm still learning online during this pandemic i'm going on learning things on university sites and signing up for courses and whatnot always learning but what school brings for you is that social being that whole socialization it's so important and that's the one thing in like our huddle up message is about you know healthy relationships it's building those healthy relationships with each other and look at home how do you have those healthy relationships with your friends i mean you're looking at a screen now we're starting to see more and more that this is great but it's not the end on be all right Absolutely. That's why they call some of these things the iPhone, because it's about I, 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 not we. And I mean, I say this all the time is that when I never had this, I found myself really talking to people more, knocking on the door, right? Knocking on their door. You go for a walk. Then when you have technology, you're like, oh, well, I can just stay at home and see the world. But now we see it's not yeah. the only thing we need, right? Yeah, I know. Like all different teams of sports, like they'll all have a different dynamic. And I think it all goes back to that. If I was the team captain for the volleyball team. And we all kind of knew each other from like the community or like friends to friends. But when it came to that check-in part, we were all there for each other. When we saw, okay, maybe they need help. Like really by the end of the day, my job was go up for the coin toss and, you know, make sure everyone brings their jersey and shows up on time. But the whole mental check-in, because of that dynamic we had, we were all there for each other. Well, a team, volleyball team in high school is not much different than the Raptors the way they are. Honestly, the only difference is obviously they play in front of a lot more people and for a lot more money. But the whole aspect of team doesn't change and should not change as you go on. That's the thing about the whole thing about team is it's good that you say captain and captain's not just someone who makes sure they perform out there on the field. It makes sure everybody is okay, right? I mean, that's a good captain. A good leader doesn't sit there and say, well, I'm a great captain. Look how good our team is. No, a good captain is we're winning because we're good. We're all good. And you need to keep that in mind because what a lot of teams do is the starters are the most important. Everybody else is not. Uh-uh. Every single person that puts that jersey on or that practices with your team is extremely important for your success. Bottom line.
So Jason, obviously being a team captain, you have to be kind of that person that everybody goes to. And often people find themselves in that situation, even if they aren't on a team. And it's always important to be there for people. However, yeah. for those people that are the person that everyone finds themselves going to, what advice could you give to those people? That's an excellent question. Excellent question, because that happens to a lot of people. Understand that there's always somebody for you to go to. Like our captain has other people he can go to. They can go to the coach. They can go to the GM. They can go to another player. I mean, just because you are the captain and then this person's not the captain, because if you sit there and say, I'm the captain, I better not be asking for help. You should be level. You're the captain because you're a leader. Yes, but it's level. And when you need help, it's okay to speak about it. And the biggest thing is if you're bottling in your issues, you're only shouldering all these issues on top. So, you know, you have your own problems and all of a sudden the person beside you on the bench is telling you these problems. The person over here is telling you these problems. You have your own problems. You're trying to solve their problems. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're going to be overwhelmed. So you need to look after you. The bullying that happened to me in high school affected my mental health as an adult. Right. And I had to go for professional help. So while I was going for help, one of the things I was told is you need to look after you. Yes, there's a lot of things you have on the go, but you make sure you are good. When you can look after you, then other things can start to fall into place. If you aren't feeling good, everything else is not going to fall into place. You need to make sure you feel good. And that's the one thing that I've always had. I always had trouble with. Right. And so that's what I if I can give you some advice. Get that help to make sure you feel good. Absolutely. It's like the cliche, you have to love yourself before you can love somebody else. Absolutely. Right? Help yourself to, before you can help someone else, right? Exactly. Because if you don't feel good, you can't necessarily lead by example too. If you're going to be a captain and you're going to try to right. help people, you can't really help people if you're worrying about yourself because you can't really dedicate yourself to them. Absolutely. And the advice too, there you go. You just said something good. You have to lead by example right? You can't tell someone, hey, listen, you shouldn't be yelling at that guy on the team. You shouldn't be doing that or you shouldn't be pushing her around like that. And then you go and do it, right? Those moral values have to be for you as well. Not just you can say them, but you don't believe them. Exactly. That's not the way it works. <laughs> and we've been doing a lot of talk about teams, like captains and the players, but I honestly feel like coaches are a part of that team. They're a part of that family. So I've had different volleyball coaches and they've all done an amazing job of being part of that family and being more than a teacher, more than a coach. And I find myself still going to them with things that I need help with that have nothing to do with volleyball because they were there for me. It's kind of with the captain thing. It's not like captain, players, coach. We all a team. And I think the coaches play a role in that. And you can go and ask them for help too. Like they're anything, right? Yeah. For anything. And this is the thing you you're going to hear when I bring an athlete to your school and most of the athletes that I ask, you know, who's the biggest influence in your life? A lot of them will say their coach and not because of on the field, because that coach was there when nobody else might've been there for them. That coach can become a person that you speak to. Uh, you might know this guy, Mike Pinball Clemens. Yep. He's our general manager. Now he was on the sidelines. He was um, actually a player. He was a coach. He was a vice president. He was a lot in our organization. But yeah. every time, whatever role he was, he called me. He called everybody. He, he doesn't look at somebody and say, oh, they're just one of our teammates or they're just down. He called me almost every week during this pandemic. He's called almost everybody. He's called alumni to see how they're doing. And he's doing that because he's checking in as a coach. And that opens the door for everybody else. That, that tells me. You know what? He's listening. He's authentically listening to what I need to say. And I feel for him because like how I have to ask him, how are you feeling? Yeah. Right? Because he's always asking all of us. Your coach is there 
for you. You'd be surprised at the the impact your coaches will have on your life, things that they'll say to you. Yeah, and I have like a little medical condition and I was in science class one day and I was like, I need to get out of here. My parents weren't picking up their phone, so I headed down to the gym on my coach and I I was crying. I was like, I need your help. She took me to the other room and she took care of me. Like without hesitation, as soon as my parents didn't call, I'm like, that's what I'm going to go see because we have that bond connection. I don't know what you want to call it. but Right. Yeah. And that's the key. Right. And what I say is like, there's going to be a lot of students in your school. They might be into the arts. They might be into academics. They might be into something else aside from athletics. And they might think, oh, this doesn't apply to me. I'm not part of a team. What you have to look at is that you look at your school as a team. There are coaches in your school. There are people you can turn to. There are people you can talk to. And that's what I always tell people. Yes, I look, I never... I played only high school football. I never played football organized after high school. But I'll tell you what, that team atmosphere of me being in the office and all that didn't matter that I didn't play because you're still part of that entire team. And yeah. so that's that's the key here because you got to rely that every single person is part of that team needs to have responsibility for everybody. You know, the fact that there's still bullying and 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 hatred like racism going on really bothers me because I can't bring myself to looking at someone and saying, well, they're, they're unique in their way and I'm going to push them away. You know, that, that's a really bad way of, of living. Yeah, it really is. So obviously huddle up is a big success. It's huddle up. It's pretty well known. Did you face any setbacks when you were trying to start up huddle up or like any doubts? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Listen, when you're in a professional organization, right, you're in a sports organization, community in sports, you do it. And the biggest thing about, you know, community is you're always going to have pushback from someone. Uh, When I first started calling schools, I mean, some schools were like, yeah, I don't know if we really need any bullying prevention. 20 years ago, it was, you know, well, we have our own ways. I mean, an athlete, what's an athlete going to know about bullying? And it's not about what the athlete knows about bullying. It's what experiences we can share that might help someone. So it was convincing people that we are taking this serious. Hey, we get new ownership in. It's a, it's, you have to convince them again that what you're doing makes sense. You're doing this, 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 and you're out in the schools and you're doing this. You have to convince them, right? You're all set back so many times, so many times. But if I gave up, then we would never be here. We wouldn't be doing it, right? Yeah. I just kept fighting for it. And, and that's that's the main thing. That's the key. That's the yeah. big key. Well, we obviously noticed, like we've said, and we could say it a thousand times because it's true in our school alone from how long we've had it, which last year we didn't really get the opportunity to do as much as we wanted to. But this year we've had the opportunity to kind of get the ball rolling right from the get-go and put out stuff on our social medias or try to do things from when we were in school. And we've obviously noticed a lot of engagement from our students who, whether it being we had like a bingo where somebody could win like a Wilson branded bag or we had little things where people could just share what was going on in their life. Or we've had, we've had plenty of things from uh, opportunities for them to share their mental health as well as like weekly challenges that people have got involved in it and it's brought a lot of people together despite not being able to see each other and for the grade nines we know it can make a big difference because oh, they haven't been able to meet anybody but at least they still have a sense that the school is their home and people are there to listen to them and give them hope exactly it's it's what it it's all this is is giving people hope that's that's what this is all about because the minute you lose hope that's when it's that's when you've lost. It's giving people hope that there's a better tomorrow. And that's what gets you through the, the tough times. And you guys, you impressed me quite a bit when I was on the call with you, knowing the different things you already started to do. And you've already worked on on things like this. You guys really put an effort into making it work. And 
if you continue to do this, you will always have a positive culture because you've built it. And it's something that has to be built. When you hear, and I go back to sports analogy, when you hear a team's on a rebuild, it doesn't happen overnight. When when you hear a team's on a rebuild, get ready. Brace yourself for some bad yeah, seasons. Rough seasons. Oh, boy. I've been through a couple of rebuilds, and you'll have a 4-14 and 14 season or a 3-15 and 15 season, yeah. and you're like, I can't do this. But then all of a sudden, you realize the long-term picture, and that's what you've got to do is look at it long-term. You're going to fix things. It's going to take time, but you're building a culture. And you eventually start to see every season the record starts oh, yeah. getting better. Hey, we – we had some losing seasons, 94, 93, 94, 95. We were pretty bad. Uh, and then all of a sudden, we won 96 and 97. Yeah. And we had Doug Flutie. We had, and then, you know, we'll have our good years. Like, I have six Grey Cup championships. But I can't tell you, they all came back to back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they were all spread out. You know, look how long it was before the Raptors built a winner. Absolutely. 20 years. 20 years it took them. It was a while. And there. there it is, right? And there, you're sitting there, and you're like, holy cow, we just won the championship. But it takes time, right? Absolutely. And that's that's key, though. How do you, like, I mean, I'm turning this to ask you a question, but how do you cope when, you know, you have difficult times? Like, what what's your coping mechanism? Well, I like to work out. So we have stuff in our basement where I can, you know, go ride on a bike for a little bit or I can lift weights or I have a couple of hobbies I like to do. Like, I make fishing lures because I like to fish. So nice. uh, I got stuff in my basement where I like to do that to just take my mind away from school because I think that's the biggest thing is everybody's very locked up in school right now because it's different so you have to learn so essentially my way is just get away from your computer get away from your schoolwork do something that you don't think essentially for me depending on i guess this how bad i feel like it is i kind of tend to just don't really want to talk to anyone just let me do my thing and then i tend to talk to like i'm very close to my cousins but i do have those people i can turn to and i feel like that helps so i like to talk to people i like to talk a lot so talking helps me get through it yeah and that's important, you know, and, and what I hope like a lot of you guys do. And one thing I've learned is a lot of stressors come from external, right? So whether you turn the TV on, you see something that makes you fired up or you look, look at something on Instagram and it gets you mad or somebody posts something on TikTok, whatever it is that you just go, ah, it infuriates you. But then we're forgetting about the simple things that we get to see, right? You walk outside, fresh air. I mean, fresh air is little things. And that's one thing that I heard is that sometimes if you sit and appreciate the little things that you've taken for granted in the past, you'll start to go, man, that's something else. And I start, I start to do that a lot more. Yeah, it's taken me a heck of a long time to do that. But now that you do that, you realize, yeah, it's pretty simple. It's doesn't have to be that complicated. And yeah, a lot of stressors. Like I tell you what, if I'm watching one of our games on TV, I have to put this thing away because the things that fans say are just horrible sometimes. It's true. That it's like they need our program. And I read it and I'm like, man, I just, I put it away. I don't even respond. They take personal attacks at the players. And I'm like, they're people, right? They have feelings. And that's why I say, put the phone down, put the, put the, put everything away, turn it off. Just, be you who you are it's discovering your interests yeah. right i like Sometimes, that like i'll take it out on my brother he's younger than me <laughs> <laughs> right i mean you know this sounds this sounds really out there but think of it when we were babies right what made us cry oh we did we ate we need to eat go to the washroom then sleep right that's it and that's all we cried that's it 
right? Nothing else, nothing else really bothered us. Then we started to learn things and we, we let things affect who we are. You know, you almost got to just take it in and say, you know what? I can't. And that's why bullying really affected me is I let so much bug me and so much irritate me that it tore up everything I had built up inside of me. And it destroyed me because I took to what these guys were saying about me to be the book. It, that's what it, the way it is. So yeah, not great. <laughs> Obviously, Huddle Up has been a massive success, like we said before. And like you said, it's been 20 years since you started it. And I'm sure it will continue to keep growing. But do you have any specific future goals or just general future goals for it? Yeah, well, every year the uh, lessons are going to change in the platform. Stories will have similarities, but they'll be reflective to the lessons. There's going to be a lot about social justice in the years to come. This year, you and your school, as part of the Huddle Up program, will be invited to our 20th year celebration virtually. We're going to have some impactful people on a panel talking social justice and like athletes from the different teams uh, at MLSC. So it's, it's, that's what I'm really looking forward to because we're making an impact and I love sharing that information with everybody who's part of Huddle Up, right? So that's the first year goal and for years to come, who knows where it's going to go. I think the sky is definitely the limit for it. Yeah. Hey, listen, when I first started this, I never thought it would end up as a program that's not only with the Argos, but it's with the Leafs, Raptors, and TFC as well. Never would have thought in a million years that that's possible. And here we are. At our launch, I was beside a Raptor, a Leaf, an Argo, and they're telling me, man, what a program you got going here. It's incredible. You know, De Rosario from uh, TFC, you know, he said to me, he says, this is, you've done something incredible. And to hear athletes who are, you know, who have really accomplished to to give me accolades is something I'd never expected to ever happen. And I know you're impacting like lots of different people, lots of different ways. So like one of the things we did was go to school early and we did chalk messages at all the entrances. Before I joined Hello Life, if someone told me, You'd be going to school before school started. You'd have to wake up at 7 a.m. to go. I would have been like, no, yeah, I would have laughed. But then, you know, Miss Palmer, like our teacher, would send out a reminder. I'm like, yeah, I want to go. That sounds fun. I like the people involved. I like the message. Let's do it. And I want to put in that dedication. And so I know you guys have been impacting people in so many different ways. That doesn't just have to be bullying. It could be getting up at 7 a.m. and going to do something. Anything, right? And that's the thing. The doors are open. Opportunities are endless. Sometimes they'll tell us about an event and I'll be like, oh man, it's like real early. And you're like, oh, it was a Saturday this year and they invited me, a few players, and we all went and we stood outside Daily Bread Food Bank and just took the food and put it into bins. And you didn't really realize the impact you were making until you see the people later getting the food. The people you're impacting by getting up at 7 a.m., you don't realize who you're impacting, but you're impacting people. And that's it. It's a little sacrifice that you're making that's helping people. Yeah. So we can imagine that Huddle Up, as you said, would be very rewarding for you and the teams and everyone involved. And you said you've been getting letters and hearing stories of the success that's had in schools all over. Has there been a big highlight for you since Huddle Up has taken off? Um, the countless letters are always a highlight. I mean, you don't expect them, which is really what is astonishing. They say, you know, if you make a difference in someone's life, it's a success. But when we've been getting letters, you're like, you really are helping people. And so that's a big highlight. And I've received a couple of awards for this at the player award. They have an award, the same awards, they award the top CFL offensive player, defensive player. They give an award for community one year and was up on stage with all these guys. And it felt amazing. But then in my head, I'm like, it was the same feeling as getting a letter. 
right? Yeah, the award is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But when I got a letter, that was my reward. That's my award. Yeah. That's the be all and end all. To, to know you help someone, that's a highlight. That to me is a highlight. And another highlight, you know, I helped out starting football in high schools that didn't have football teams. And yeah. so we started one. And years later, uh, one of the players at our rookie camp taps me on the shoulder and he says, you don't remember me. But you started, you were with the guys when they started my football team. I started with that high school and never played football. Now I'm an offensive lineman with the Toronto Argonauts. And he grew up in Jamin Finch. And he said to me, he never would have made it anywhere if he didn't have a chance for football. And he was, he was grateful. He remembered me. He remembered what I said. So much that when we won the Grey Cup a year, two years later, and he was on the team, he remembered me telling him because I brought my Grey Cup ring to show the kids and said, yeah, one day, guys, you can get this ring. You just got to work hard, okay? You got to work hard. He said, hey, remember that? I said, remember what? Because remember you said, work hard, you get this ring? I'm getting one now. Like, you know, that. You just don't even, you can't, words can't even express what you feel when you know you help someone. I wasn't the only reason why he got there, but to know you contributed to somebody's success. And that's why I tell people all the time is you don't know the person you're helping when you say something nice to someone. Like when you just, when somebody's down and you say, hey, everything okay, man? You know, are you okay? Like you change their life and people don't realize the impact like you could be saving someone who becomes a surgeon that saves someone's life that's that's what i try to tell people is you don't know where somebody's going to end up so don't take anything you do for someone for granted yeah Yeah. obviously like you said the letter had the same impacts as you as the award you got but it just goes back to the small things matter little steps you don't know what's going through somebody's head right like you don't know that You held the door for somebody running to get the door. You don't know what kind of day they had up until that point. They could have had the worst day of their life and it's just nothing's working for them. And they need to get, and their hands are full and you hold the door for them. It may just change the way they see the rest of the day. I mean, it's that simple. That's why I never take for granted, you know, somebody asks me a question. I'm not going to sit there and brush it off because that might change what they think, right? When it comes to like people writing you letters and stuff, I I don't know if this would be a common way to look at it, but... Those people who are writing you those letters because you made that impact on them, they're giving you happiness. So they're already carrying on what you're doing. And I'm sure that that's not the only way they're going to be willing to spread that happiness. So it's just like a chain reaction of give and go of you give this person happiness, they'll give this person, they'll give it to this person. It just keeps right. going on. It's the whole thing, pay it forward, right? Pay it forward. And look, you guys will see in the assembly, the guy that saved my life in high school, 30 years later, I connected with him. And you'll see it at the assembly. I have the clip and everything because it was on the news. To this day, we keep in touch now. We lost touch, but he had no idea how he saved my life. He watched me on TV. He even said he watched um, the movie Rudy with his son. He said to his son, he goes, see that guy, that Rudy? He goes, I had a a guy in high school who was on my team. It's just like him. People would pick on him. People would push him down, but he kept getting up. And that's how he saw me, where I didn't see me like that. I didn't see me as one who keeps getting up. I saw myself as ready to give up. And he saw me differently. And because he did that, he saved lives. I, I could go on about these stories because they're really, to me, they're life-changing for me. But but for other people too, you'll, you know, you'll all have stories that are going to be, you're going to reflect on when you get older and you're going to say, I remember this. You know, growing up, I think with all the stories you tell us, one word that comes to mind is definitely resiliency. And I'm sure everybody's had a moment where they were resilient, whether you play a sport, whether you were into 
your academics, you play music, you're into clubs, you're into anything. I'm sure resiliency is massive. So what would you say resiliency means to you? And how would you say you can personally build your resiliency? Uh, so look, I think resiliency is the best way to describe it is bouncing back is bouncing back when you get knocked down. And a lot of people, you need to have that resiliency to get through that next difficult moment, because there's going to be a number of times that are going to be difficult. You might get through one and say, Whew, that's it. It's not it. It's going to happen again. Something's going to happen again. And if you don't have that resiliency, you're going to go back to square one again. Right. And sometimes in bullying, for example, having that resiliency will help you tell yourself you can get through this. It's not that bad. You know, this person does not get me. They don't understand me. That's why they're doing what they're doing. And then you bounce back from that and end up a better person. It's a lose, like a losing season. An example is like games on the line. You have a free throw. You're about to shoot this free throw. You get the free throw. We win it. We go on. You miss it. You could sit there and feel so sorry for yourself and say, I blew it. I'm done. I'm finished. And that could ruin the rest of your career because you'll never recover from that. Or you could say, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna get better. I'll, I'll get better. Injuries. I compare it to sports. How many players I've seen? I, I saw a player. He, he tore almost all his ligaments in his knee in university. Like he said, so when am I going to get to play again? And doctor said, play, you're finished football. It's done. And that was everything he had dreamed of, everything he'd hoped for. And he went, he started working out, started getting better. He did. He missed the draft. He was going to be the number one draft pick. He was at York University, top player. We saw him getting better and everything. The Argo says, let's see, got a tryout. Next thing you know, he's on the team. About five, six years later, he's a great cup champion, the hundredth great cup, Andre Dury. And this guy, blew his ligaments in his knee. He was finished. But resiliency got him back. And you hear those stories all the time. They're stories that every single one of us can have. I think that's what resiliency is. Absolutely. Yeah. So many things can affect how you bounce back, why you need to bounce back, like all these things, right? So yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's up to you, right? It's in it for you. Like you have to have that resiliency. Nobody else is going to tell you. You can have all the pep talks in the world by a coach, but it's up to the players and the coaches can only say so much. That's it. Listen, I remember we played a game against the Alouettes one, one year. Pinball was coach. He just said, guys, he says, you guys realize that every single reporter out there picked us to lose by no no less than 14 points. We have no chance. So we may as well get back on that bus and go home. We may as well just say that's it. But no, he said, it's up to you. And I remember that it was that year or the year after there was a slogan he had. And it was, I think it was like the Gatorade slogan, but it was, is it in you? And they made shirts. Is it in you? And it had our logo. If it's in you, then that's all. Nobody can take that out of you, right? Okay. Maybe it won't be a storybook ending. You might not have won that game, but it doesn't mean you didn't give it an effort. You didn't give it an effort. That's, I had a coach one year. I, um, and this is a true story. I don't believe I'm telling you guys this. My first year university, I take an anatomy. Um, I was going into this course, biomechanics, and I was going into the exam and I had, oh man, I had like 30%. So I needed a miracle. I needed a Hail Mary pass to win. Basically. And so instead of studying for the exam, which I had on the Tuesday and it was a Saturday, I went to the coach's party. He had people there and they were having hors d'oeuvres and stuff. I said, I'm going to this party. What's the point of studying? I'm not going to pass. That's what I said. No word of a lie. I get there and I'm eating and that. And he goes, how's school? And the coach was just talking to me casually. And he goes, how's school? I said, yeah, it's all right. He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, aren't exams coming up? I said, oh, yeah, yeah. Because when's your next one? I go, well, Tuesday. You have an exam Tuesday and you're here? I said, yeah, but you know what, coach? Like, honestly, like I'm going in, like, listen, I'm going in with like 30%. I said, so realistically, I expect that I'm not going to do well. So I may as well just 
whatever. Right. And he goes, you're really going to do that? I said, well, like I can't, like there's nothing I can do. It's too late. And he says, no, it's not too late. He says, what if we saw a team was so much better than us? We were barely going to make it. What if we said, nah, let's just let them play the game by themselves. You guys can't, you're getting paid to play. I'm not. And he goes, okay. He says, why don't you go home, study and just give it a shot? He goes, if you don't try, you'll never know what could have happened. I was like, yeah. All right. Went home. I did write the exam. I got enough to just about pass. <laughs> but the miracle was there. I actually did write it. And no, the story wasn't incredible. But I wrote it and, and got on the exam. I got close to 80%. You le- that was a lesson learned for me. If you give up, then you'll never know what could have been. Right? Absolutely. Well, I know when it comes to, I've had games with rugby where the game's really tight. And if you let one thing go wrong, then you'll be haunted by it for the rest of your life. So it's just, it's important essentially that you see something through to the very last whistle and that you kind of, you don't let yourself let off the gas until you know everything you could have possibly done is left out there on that field. You need to leave it out there. And that's that's a cliche, right? Leave it all on the field. Well, listen, I I can't tell you the number of players I've seen we're in film, they're watching, and they'll see because we're getting blown out, and they see a guy, and this player's walking. And within a day or so later, the player's gone. Yeah. Because they say, you let down everybody by saying, I'm done with it. Because you can't you can't just be there in the good times and think that's it. You got to be there all the time. You got to give it your all all the time. Win or lose, right? And that's the same thing in life, right? Give it your all. Do everything you can, and that's all you can do. That's it. Absolutely. One year, we... Um... My volleyball team, we had a tournament in Penn State, and the tournaments are normally like three days long if it's in the U.S., whereas the ones here are like a day. So Thursday, Friday, we played maybe three, four games in both days, and we were undefeated. We won all of them. So the next day, we walked into the gym. We told our coaches, we're like, oh, yeah, like we're undefeated. People are talking about us. My coach was like, guys, you still need to bring the same intensity that you did the other days. Don't give up and think we're done. Like we're going to win. He's like, you have to keep fighting. He's like, win or lose. He's like, as long as you fight, we're good. You see like, and you guys have to, it's, it's about respecting your opponent. Right. And no matter how good you are, don't look at your opponent and think, Oh, no problem. Never, ever do that. Never under underrate your opponent. We had a coach one year. If you, taunted anybody or did anything to like uh, disrespect an opponent you wouldn't see the field like he did not tolerate taunting and it was uh, i remember his coach tressman i admire that because your opponent is doing the same thing you're doing up there and they're just trying to they're just trying to win it's it's okay to celebrate this is the difference between taunting and celebrating like you score a touchdown you do a dance whatever that's fine but if you catch the ball over somebody and you taunt them you're celebrating their failure their mishap you're not celebrating your success you're celebrating their mistake and that's not right because that's not respect and this comes back to mental health week because it's all about your mental game it's about the mental game of life it's how you treat every day well jason i'm sure we could sit here and talk for forever but i'm sure you have important things you got to go to uh we really appreciate you coming and i'm sure everybody in the school will be very excited to hear from you soon we can't say enough how much huddle up's done for our school and we hope to talk to you again soon you guys are doing a heck of a job for sure thank Thank you I am the greatest alive. Yeah. I am the greatest alive. Yeah. I am the greatest alive. Yeah. We hope you guys enjoyed and thank you to our guests for coming. We appreciate the view. Please like and subscribe if you get a chance and we'll see you in the next one. See ya.